The other day I was browsing YouTube. It's amazing these days with the good stuff. I mean, there's a lot of trash. But man, you can really find some good stuff on YouTube. There's a site um, that I highly recommend. It's called Breaking the Habit. And it's by Franciscans. And um, anyway, it's this young monk talking. He's quite good. But what's interesting is, I've listened to many of their videos, but this one struck, struck me. And so I thought, oh, I've got to listen to this because it struck a chord in what I've, been, I've said before. And the title of the, the, the video was, Stop Saying I'm Blessed. Stop Saying I'm Blessed. And I kind of knew what he meant. Uh, but I wanted to see how he put it. But he was making the argument, which I think is correct, that when you say, you know, I'm blessed about any material thing or anything that didn't happen to you or did happen to you, what you're implying is that God gave you that and he didn't give it to some other jerk. So I'm blessed, but you're not. Um, it, it, um, I, I remember thinking about that. Remember, because poor New Orleans, every time a hurricane comes, eight out of ten times, I think, or four out of five, however you want to do it, um, it always hits Louisiana. And I'm, I'm always hearing people saying, boy, we really were blessed. What? What do you mean? So God has it in for Louisiana uh, that they're not, they're not blessed? Now, I understand what, what they're saying, what we're saying. I understand that, that um, in some way we're attributing to God the, the good things in our lives. But it, it, it's interesting because what we're saying is we attribute to God the good things, but we don't attribute to God the bad things, which I think we need to be thankful for. Now, that may sound weird, but if you remember, Jesus did say, blessed are the poor in spirit. In other words, they are blessed. When was the last time you heard saying, boy, I really am blessed with being short of money? When was the last time you heard, boy, I'm really blessed at having this illness? The reason I remember that specifically is because several years ago, many years ago actually, there was an older man here, I, know, I will never forget, his name was Herschel. Uh, Herschel Nixon. And Herschel had, um, had um, oh God, what's that disease that makes you shake? Uh, what is it? Parkinson's, yes. It just, I'm blanking today, I don't know why. But Herschel had Parkinson's. 
And he used to sit right where you were sitting there. And on that Sunday, I was brand, kind of brand new here. God, that happened over 20 years ago then. On that Sunday, I just, I don't know why, I just said, you know, let's turn to the people just around you and, and ask them and just share with them, what do you think, what are you blessed with that God has given to you? What are you blessed with? How has God blessed you? And of course, I was waiting, everybody, my children, you know, our home, our freedom, whatever. But I didn't have anybody up here. And so Herschel was alone, sitting right there. And so I decided to go down and be his partner. And so I said to him, Herschel, what are you thankful for? What are you blessed? How are you blessed? And Herschel was already bent over from age, and he, he was like this. And he looked at me, raised his eyes, deep blue eyes. I'll never forget that. And Herschel said, Father, I am thankful for my Parkinson's. At that moment, I felt like somebody had hit me in the gut. I said, what? He said, yes, Father, I'm thankful for my Parkinson's. And then I, I said to him, why? And I'll never forget what he said to me. He said, you know, Father, before I had to bear with this disease, I never relied on God. I always thought I was in charge. And now this disease has taken that away from me. And the vision of God that has been given to me is something that I would not trade for my health. You like that? The vision of God that has been given to me because I had to put up with this, I would not trade for my health. That's what that Franciscan friar was saying. What he was saying is, what exactly do we interpret as a blessing from God? Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now this who is blessed. Blessed are the poor. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who mourn. When were you the last time you thanked God for your suffering? I don't, I mean, I, I, I'm not telling you because I'm, I, I'm, every time I'm suffering, I'm just saying, hurry up and take this away. But yet, blessed are. You know, and when I was thinking about that, the next thing that came into my mind is one of my favorite passages. Remember when Jesus, after the transfiguration, comes down and he says to the apostles, now I have to go to Jerusalem where I will be arrested and I will be turned in and I will be tortured and I will be killed and rise on the third day. His apostles didn't understand what was going on. And then when he finishes saying that, Peter goes up to him and takes him aside. 
and says, oh God, Lord, may that never happen to you. Now, please understand, that's normal. That's totally normal. I often like to say that if I, I'm telling you that right after Mass, I'm going to go over to the Target down the street, and in the parking lot, I'm going to be kidnapped, tortured, and killed. I would venture to say, well, maybe 90% of you there's, would say, oh, Father, don't go. 10% of you might say, hey, go on. Okay. But 90% of you would say, would say, no, Father, don't go. That's normal. That's normal. Do you remember what Jesus responds to him? Peter, being nice and normal, he says, that, oh God, may that not happen to you. And Jesus turns to him and says, get thee behind me, you Satan. But the, the interesting thing is the next little sentence before he shuts up, Jesus says, you are thinking like man does and not like God. Now, analyze that and put it together with the whole idea of being blessed. And it seems that when we say we are blessed, we're giving thanks for things that are good. And I'm, I'm not telling you not to do it. Just telling you to think about, think this through. We're talking about the good things, but we never talk about the hard things about being blessed. And yet, when Jesus uses the word blessed, he's talking about blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the mourn, those who mourn, burst, blessed are those who suffer injustice. There seems to be a bit of a contrast between what we say is blessed and what Jesus is saying is blessed. And then you hear Jesus saying to Peter, after saying something totally normal, you are thinking like man does, not like God, you Satan. Now, that contradiction has left me, oh, always, I don't have an answer. If you think I'm going to give you an answer, uh, I don't have an answer for it, totally. Um, I try, and more, more and more, I try not to say I'm blessed or we're blessed. I, I try to say, yes, I'm, 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 I'm incredibly thankful for whatever God did. But, but notice what's important to God. Here's the point. Notice what's important to God. What's important to God does not seem to be our material comfort. Now, material comfort is not bad, Right? From our point of view, it's a good thing. But notice that that's not what's important to God at all. You remember the, the guy who was, in the, in, who was the invalid, and Jesus is in a home, and there's so many people that they can't get in, people can't get in to bring the invalid in, and so they break in through the roof, and they, this poor guy is being brought down in a stretcher. Now, he's being brought down in front of Jesus. What do you think he wants? Yeah, he wants to walk. He wants to, to be able to walk. So he's sitting there basically saying, heal me. 
Do you remember what Jesus says? He looks at the man and says, your sins are forgiven. Okay, just imagine that guy laying down there. I can imagine him looking up and saying, uh, thank you. Um, thank you very much. But uh, I was hoping for something else. What's important to Jesus? Notice that the most important thing to Jesus is not the physical health of the man of the human being. He's, the most important thing to Jesus is the spiritual state of the human being. Now, all I'm trying to get you to do is to compare our judgment to what seems to be the characteristics of God's judgment. And so, the moment that he says that, the, some of the scribes and Pharisees and some of the other people in, in the crowd start going, they start saying, um, who is this man? Only God can forgive sins. And Jesus reads their mind. And he says, why do such thoughts enter your mind? But that, now listen to this, so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority to heal, to to forgive sins, then for that reason, he turns to the man and he says, pick up your mat and walk and go home. And the man does it. But what was the most important thing to Jesus? What was the first blessing that he gave to the man? Not his physical health. His spirit, his, his, the forgiveness of his sins. Now, apply that to today's gospel. Because today's gospel is basically that. Notice that the scribe, the, the, the man born blind, uh, is asking to be healed. What a, normal. Now, Jesus decides to heal him. But if you remember, the gospel begins by saying, the apostles are saying, who sinned that this man be born blind? Because in the ancient Jewish world, you had to have sinned in order for bad things to happen to you. See, bad things in the ancient world were a punishment from God down to the several generations. And so the apostles don't even say, did this guy do it on himself? He said, who did? They presume that. Did he himself or his parents or his grandparents? Who did? And Jesus says, no one sinned. He's brushing away that stupid idea. Bad things happen to bad people. And so, and Jesus said, this, in this case, is for the glory of God to be shown, so that glory, the glory of God may be shown. Now, notice the, under, the, uh, the understanding of the blindness that Jesus has. He, 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 God's glory will be shown through that. I don't know the total context of it, but uh, he, that's what Jesus said. And then he goes up to the blind man, and he does something really strange. You notice in other healings, Jesus 
doesn't make mud. Okay? This is one of those times when this is really weird. Jesus leans over and spits. And he had to spit quite a bit, I imagine. And not just a little, you know. He had to spit quite a bit. And he took his spit on the ground and he mixed it with the dirt. And he made a little clay. And he takes the clay and he smears it on the man's eyes. Now at first you were wondering, why? What's the point here? Now please understand, this is where studying the Bible begins to make sense to you. See, otherwise when you, I, I've been telling people lately, do not read the Bible. Do not read it. Study it. Because when you're reading the Bible, you're reading it with Western eyes over, with over 2,000 years of development. Why did you do that? That's stupid, Jesus. You could just do whatever you want there. But you know why he did it? Because Jesus was a Jew. And there was an ancient, uh, uh, an ancient tradition in the Jews that when God created Adam, it says that he created him out of the dust of the earth. Well, you know you can't create anything out of dry dust. You got to have something to moisturize it and to put it together. And so the tradition in the ancient world among the rabbis was that God spit. And out of the clay that he made with the divine spit, he made Adam. So Jesus is calling uh, calling to mind something that everyone in the ancient world and Jews would have known. He's spitting. And then he sent him to go wash. All of those are nine known signs of the, of the ancient Jews. Now, when he does this, he knows what's about to happen. And the man is walking around seeing, and people see him. They go, hey, that's the guy that was born blind. And other people say, oh, no, it can't be. Yeah, it was. So they call him over. They call him over, the scribes and Pharisees, and, and they ask him, well, how can you see? And he says, the man over there. Notice he doesn't even know who this guy is. He doesn't know who Jesus is. He says, this is that man, he, he made me see. Well, do you notice what uh, the objection of the scribes and Pharisees? He can't be from God because he healed on the Sabbath. Now, they, I, that's another issue. They have totally misunderstood the Sabbath. Jesus had to come down to the point because the, the scribes and Pharisees were so devoted that they wanted to understand the Sabbath totally. And so in order to follow it 100%, they sat around and had a group discussion on what does it mean to work? Because you can't work on the Sabbath. And of course, you can't go to work. But what about walking, for example? Well, you're making your body work. Well, you, you limit the steps. Cooking. Well, well, that's work. You can't cook. Uh, healing. You can't heal on the Sabbath. That's work. The Pharisees exactly say that. There are six other days to come and be healed, not on the Sabbath. And so they, they say this man can't be before because uh, from God because he heals on the Sabbath. 
And of course, they ask the man, and they, they see uh, the man, oh, you're stupid, you're a sinner too. Who are you to teach us? And then Jesus sees him. And Jesus sees him, and he, Jesus, the man born blind calls him a prophet to the Pharisees. So he's gone from, I don't know who this guy is, to this guy must be a prophet. And when Jesus sees him again, he, he says, do you believe in the Son of Man? And the guy says, who is he? That I might believe in him. He doesn't even have no idea who Jesus is. And then Jesus says, I, who I'm speaking to you, is he. And then the Bible says, he bowed down and worshipped him. Now, look at the contrast between the blind man and the Pharisees. Who do the Pharisees say is cursed? The man born blind. He is cursed because only bad things happen to sinners. The fact that he's blind means that he is cursed. And who do they consider blessed? Themselves. Because they have the law of Moses, and I can see what God wants. That's their worldview. But you are thinking like man does, not like God does. Who turns out to see things the way they really are. It's the man born blind. Because the man born blind comes to see the reality of Jesus, while the scribes and the Pharisees are the ones who claim to see but are deeply blind. What's most important? To God, even though he cares about your physical, he went around healing people, so he cares about our physical ailments, but they are not the ultimate. The ultimate is your spirituals, your spiritual health. Now, how did I begin this? Because I want to end it. When should you say you're blessed? Should the Pharisees have said, we're blessed? Except that Jesus said, you scribes and Pharisees, you vipers, you're worse, you're like tombs. You lie and you cheat and you put people, heavy burdens on people. You're like, you're like cemeteries in which they're pretty on the outside, but underneath, you're dead men's bones. And yet the Pharisees are saying, we're blessed. We're blessed. And the poor people who are sick or poor or crying were cursed. And yet, it's the exact opposite. It's the exact opposite. And why did I give you this talk? Because I want to confuse you. I really do. I really want to confuse you because I don't want us to continue thinking like man does. And do you remember that St. Paul says, put on 
the mind of Christ. That means that being a disciple means, it doesn't mean you go to church and say the rosary. That's nice. But it means you have to study Jesus so that you begin to change the way you think. You begin to change what's important. Because what human beings think is important seems to be what God says, uh-uh, that is not important. And some of the things we think are unimportant seem to be the most. And we see this all the time. See this all the time. I, I see it here all the time. And I fall into it. I fall into it. You know, oh, Father, couldn't bring my kids to catechism. We had baseball. Oh. Oh, Father, we don't want to get married until next year. We're living in sin, but we don't want to get married until we can have a big wedding with all our relatives. Oh, that seems to be important. What has happened is the whole point of being a disciple of Jesus is to change the way you think, to change the things that you value and make the things that you value, those are the ones that God values. Folks, I'll close. We are living upside down. In God's eyes, we are living upside down in his right side up world. That's the condition of sin. We are constantly blinded. Who turned out to be blind? Those who could, thought they could see. Who turned out to, to be able to see? The, pan, the man who everybody thought was cursed. But he was able to see what really mattered. Ask God to transform your mind so that you can begin to really see what really matters. Then you're going to be able to say, ah, I'm truly blessed because your blessings will be in sync with the Beatitudes. Blessed are they who are poor. Blessed are the mourn. Think about how you can get to the point of actually, truthfully, call yourself blessed.